1776, 56 men, flawed men, imperfect men, best of intention men, a heart for where they were living men, a heart for what they fought for men, but flawed all the same. 56 affixed their names onto the document. Let me tell you about some of these men. Because they weren't everyday men. 23 of them were lawyers, a lot to lose. 12 were merchants, 12 were farmers, 4 were physicians, 2 were manufacturers, 1 was a politician, 1 was a printer, and 1 was a minister. A third of the signers were under 40 years of old, living the prime of their life, willing to risk it all for a signature on a piece of paper. 18 were in their 30s, 3 were in their 20s, 7 were over 60, Edward Rutledge from South Carolina was 26 years old, hadn't even started living life yet. The oldest was Benjamin Franklin at 70 years old. I mean, life is over, why don't you stay out of the fight? No, I'll put my name to a piece of paper because I'm willing to pay the price. All of them were very religious men. They were all Protestants except Charles Carl, who was a Roman Catholic. Two of the signers would become presidents, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. John Adams and Benjamin Harrison would be fathers of future presidents. These men pledged their lives and some paid the price with their life. Each of us may or may not remember different men for different reasons, but all of them, along with so many others and so many other battles and wars, all of them chose to pay a price. Why? Because they understood that the price of freedom always involves sacrifice. The price of freedom always involves a sacrifice, period. You and I have to pay a price when sacrifice is available. There's no way around it. Just like so many other sacrifices that have been paid by so many for the Celtic people in the house and the Irish people in the house, you haven't watched Braveheart, shame on you. There's a statement in Braveheart that I think rings true for my culture is all give some, some give all. Irish people are just Scottish people that can swim, so we just work with that, okay? <laughs> so the battles, the Celtic battles, the Scottish battles, etc., yeah, this will come close to home, 9-11. This will come close to home, Vietnam. This will come close to home, world wars. This will come close to home, the Gulf War. This will come close to home, all that this day represents for so many people, men and women who were willing to pay a price for freedom for other people, realizing there would be a sacrifice that would be involved in the process. And then for all the young people in the house who have no clue about that, there's a movie kind of um, called Star Trek. Trek. Anybody know that, young people? Star Trek? Star Trek? All the old people putting their hands up. Oh, my goodness, we're in trouble. There's a famous guy in there who made a powerful statement. His name is Spock, and he said this. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, or in this case, the needs of the one. The needs of the many outweigh, always outweigh, the needs of the few, or in this case, the one. Just like the one I'd love to share with you about today.
Let me read a portion of scripture that so often maybe doesn't capture the real cost that was involved in it. And in fact, so often by accident, we just skip over it and read it like it's just a piece of scripture instead of a life. We will come to communion later on in the service. I'd like you to hear the communion statement found in 1 Corinthians 11 in the message. Let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from the master himself and passed them on to you. The master Jesus on the night of his betrayal. He'd been betrayed. And had to decide to go on and do something and stay in the fight, stay in the pocket, stay focused. He did. He's about to be sold out in this moment that he finds himself in. And this is the words that come across. On the night of his betrayal, he took bread. Having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in words and actions the death of the master. You'll be drawn back to this meal again and again and again and again. Until the master returns, you must never let familiarity breed contempt in this place with this set of symbols. In our 21st century, people just take communion, and that's fine. And we go, that's wonderful, and I can't wait to do it, and we do it, and we should. But the cost of sacrifice that went into this, the one person that didn't have to do it, did it. The one person that could have snapped his fingers and changed things didn't snap his fingers and change things at different times when you thought he should have said something. He stayed quiet. When you expected him to say something that would be rebuking, he said the exact opposite, and we'll get to that in a minute. See, our independence, our, our freedom day, and all the costs associated with it, and if you would afford me the grace to compare it. For me, when we pause to partake in communion. We get to remember it and all its sacrifices all over again, just like we do on Independence Day. A lot of people get patriotic around this time of the year, then it slips away, like going to the gym in January. You go for about eight weeks and then it stops, right? All of a sudden, 4th of July, everybody is patriotic, and then all of a sudden, our, our worries of life and our busyness take over, and, and all the costs associated with a day like today, our communion, when Christians come together, it's forgotten about as we slip away from the communion table, as we slip away from the 4th of July. I wrote, Dad, please don't ever let me forget the price you gladly paid for my freedom from my sin. You may have seen this picture. Picture one, please, Sarah. It's a shot from The Passion, the movie The Passion. It's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I have the privilege to go to Israel, the privilege to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and I remember sitting there just quietly going, he was alone. He was alone. There was others he had asked to be with him, but they were distracted, and they were tired, and they were sleeping. And in one of the darkest moments of his life, 
He stayed there for you, for me. He allowed himself to stay in the moment and to allow all the weight of the world to start to fall upon and build upon him as a person. So later on, he said, Dad, I would rather not do this. But Dad, thy will be done, not mine. Because if nobody else needs it, there'll come a day that Robert will. There'll come a day that, that he'll have to say yes and be willing and want to say yes to the sacrifice that I made for him. Picture two, ones we don't like to see. See, we like to present Jesus and all that took place at the cross in this clean Anglo-Saxon, nice and tidy and non-pressure environment. It was just easy, and it wasn't. It was brutal. People that should have known better, those standing around him are the ones who wanted to crucify him. Those who knew the Torah, the law, those who could recite it, just forgot to let it drop 18 inches and become heart knowledge rather than just head knowledge. That the savior of the world is standing in front of them, beaten and bruised and abused in front of them. What is communion table all about? That's what it represents. Next picture, please, Sarah. The one I get in trouble for the most and pulled off for showing this in church, believe it or not. It's too gruesome. It's just not right. Should we really present Jesus this way? That scene is from the passion. That scene is when someone is hanging next to him and they go, you're the dude. He goes, yep, I am. I deserve to be here. I deserve to pay a price for my crime, but you don't. Hey, would you do me a favor? And, and he said 5,500 things he had to say. No, he said one thing. Hey, Jesus, when you arrive in paradise, would you remember me? And Jesus said, I am so sorry, dude. You didn't do enough. Like if we'd met three or four or five weeks ago or a couple of months ago, a couple of years ago, we could have got to this point and it would have been cool. So I'm really sorry in a minute you're about to fry. That's what religious people do. We come up with rules and regulations and all the checks and all the boxes that people have to jump through. And my Jesus, who's my bestest friend, my BFF, said to this young man hanging there, don't worry about it. Today, you'll arrive with me in paradise. Not because of what you've done, because of what I'm about to do. Because of all that I went through to get to this point. And then this happens in the passion if you hadn't seen it. Next picture, please. It's the garments that my Savior was supposedly wrapped in, folded lately on the tomb table that he lay upon, that he no longer lays upon. Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. And freedom in that moment, became a thing for every person, not just some, but all who would say yes to him, all who would embrace his gift that he would give them that's associated with his table. 
that we will come to in a minute. So many men and women have willingly given their lives for a cause that they believed in over the years. And this day being a reference point for so many of them. And we celebrate and we say thank you to all of them. All those people standing represent so many other people who aren't standing, who can't stand. Yet the one who gave it all for you and for me didn't do it just for the privilege of experiencing freedom here in America. Our freedoms are an incredible privilege. But his, well, that's a whole different level of freedom because they're not just available here. His freedom's available for all people all over the planet. In Ireland, thank God, because he came and he found me. Pastor Joe mentioned it. Thank you so much for your faithful giving. We have some pastors, our pastors watching us from India this morning, or it's actually not this morning for us, it's tomorrow for them. Morning, guys. Morning, Joshua, I love you. Thank you for giving because we get to bless and care for men who in India give their life away for the sake of the gospel. In Italy, Iran, Iraq, Mexico, Guatemala, Canada, Spain, Africa, Australia, Ogden, Utah. The price that Jesus paid wasn't just for Americans to experience freedom and independence. It was for people of all colors, all shapes and sizes. I know I get in trouble all the time and I, I've tried really hard not to do that in the culture. I'm still learning about this culture. But I say this respectfully, Jesus does not see the color of your skin. He sees the condition of your heart. And he's not interested what color a person is or where they come from. He's interested in where they're going. We so often see the outside and Jesus looks at the inside of a person's life first and foremost and transforms them from the inside, not the outside. I'm free to be me because of what Jesus has done for me. And that affects me right now, yes. And yes, I get to choose to live life here and now in a way that is so different than before Jesus transformed my life. See, even as a young Irish kid from a Protestant family, I had no real clue what this meant. It was just juice and bread that some dude with a white collar went and said some stuff, and it just was like, let's get on with this, please, so I can get to the room with all the cookies and the drinks and be done with this. <laughs> like, come on, let's just wrap this up until the day he showed up Amen. and changed my life forever. And from that day to this, communion table for me has become a whole new place and a whole new experience. I can come as I am on a good day, on an average day, on a broken day, on a brilliant day. I can come to his table because he welcomes me there. Maybe today's message is not so far away from our series title as I thought. See, maybe it's as simple as each of those men and women who have over the years given up their life for the sake of others, all of them maybe have had to make a personal decision in their own heart and mind and in reference to their own thinking and answer a life-transforming question for all. And I think at the top of the list, I know Jesus is there. It's a simple question is this. 
Is it worth it? <laughs> the cost that is. And am I willing to pay the price tag for it? Is it worth it? Whatever I'm about to have to pay, I, I can't speak to our dead young men and young women. But how a lot of them would say, I stood on the wall, as it were, Robert, to pay whatever price had to be paid for the people behind me to experience freedom, whether they appreciate it or not. I wonder if Jesus felt that way, Dave. <laughs> Hanging on a cross, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And the Irish version would have been, Dad, they don't really appreciate it. So can we just change this scenario? Can you just fry them all just for fun? And then we'll get some attention. Or something like that is what I would have done. Thank God it wasn't me. Thank God it was God. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus' profound word process was, Dad, your will be done because it's worth it. Why? Because the price of freedom always involves sacrifice. Always. Freedom from what? Maybe freedom from something that's distracting you today. Maybe freedom from something that's deluding you today. Maybe from something that's even destroying you today. You name it. When something is, is drawing and emptying my life, I have to experience freedom from it. There is a sacrifice that had to be paid for me to step into that freedom, and he paid it. But so often we hold on to the chains and the rocks and the piles and stuff, and we just drag it through the dirt and survive. And Jesus says, bring it to the altar. Bring it to me. Bring it to me in the time of communion and lay it at my feet. Because the brokenness and the spilling of my blood was there to wash you clean, not from some sins, but from them all. You might have to choose to sacrifice or lay down something today afresh as you move into this. Independence Day experience. As you move through today, you may have to decide in a moment when we come to the communion table, Lord, I want to take communion, but there's something between me and you and me responding and allowing freedom to reign afresh in my life, and I'd like to lay it at your feet. I'd like to let go and let you lead me into a new place of freedom, freedom from condemnation. That was my journey. <laughs> For years, I was condemned for, for what I was and what I did. Then I got saved, and I was condemned for being a Christian and being a bad boy before. And I, I, I was condemned for kind of trying to be everything Jesus called me to be and still having some bad habits. And I did, and I still do. Ask Andrea. She prays for me, and her and Jesus pick on me all the time. I, she does. Ask her. She, when I get in a funky place, she doesn't fight fair. Like, can someone go have therapy with her and try to fight fair? She does the whole Jesus card thing. I'm like, how's that fair? She's like, seek him. And like, I want to get her. And she does this stupid stuff. Lord Jesus, I just thank you. Like, stop it! Lord, can you just deal with him? Because really, he's like funky right now, and you're the only one that can fix him. I'm like, That's, get up and off the ground and fight fair. But she doesn't. She understands that the enemy tries to poison us and poison us and poison us and poison us. And she goes to the only place that true ointment and medicine is found, and that's in the Father's presence and the Father's touch upon a person's life. Jesus doesn't want us to be trapped. He doesn't want us to be condemned. Freedom from condemnation 
Rob, I want to make you clean again. Rob, not because of what you've done, but because of what I've done. John 3, 16, the message version says, this is how much God loved the world, that he gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of seeing his son, merely to, sending his son merely to a point of a, an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. You need to be acquitted of something this morning. You're being held guilty of, or you're being held in charge of, or contempt of. You need God to come and acquit you of something that has slipped into your life and your situation this morning. Anyone who refuses to trust him long since has been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind, son of God, when it reduced to him. Psalm 118 says this, in my distress, I prayed to the Lord and the Lord answered me. He set me free. In my distress, in my troubles, in my challenges, in my situations, I prayed to, look to, invested in, focused on, placed my hope in the Lord, and he answered me. Where's freedom found? Sadly, not in all the places we tend to be encouraged to look towards today, but it is found in him. And the communion table is our constant reference point, our 4th of July, as it were. Just like today is for so many in reference to American freedoms, Yet absolute freedom is found somewhere else. John 8, 36, Passion says, so if the Son sets you free from sin, then become a true son or daughter and be unquestionably free. That's wherever you and I might be. It's not based on a location, but more so on a relationship. It's not come to America and be free, though that's wonderful and we have incredible liberties that we truly celebrate, but that's actually not true freedom. True freedom is finding the person who this represents so much. 2 Corinthians 3 says this, now the Lord, and the Lord I'm referring to, is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. Wherever he is there is freedom to be found and experienced. Where in your life today does the Holy Spirit need to be invited to bring freedom fresh in your life and situation? See, we can be, he can be around us or he can be in us and the two are very different experiences. A lot of people accidentally associate association with personal relationship, but it's intimate relationship that's personal relationship, not association. Those people, can you go back to that first picture, please, Sarah? Second one. These people here were in association with the master. They just forgot to be in relationship with him. They were near, but not intimate. We're going to finish worship in a little bit. I'll finish worship, finish the service in a little bit. But before we come to communion, we're going to have a worship song. I'm going to ask Amy and Stephen to come join me for a second as they get ready.
and I'll tell them all the start, but let me explain something to you. And I've struggled with this because I've gotten in trouble before, and I don't mean to ever be disrespectful of anybody's belief system, so please hear me. This is not a salvation issue. This is a church thing, and so let me explain my background, especially for those watching today online. If you're joining us online, right, and you'd like to go and grab some elements, you can participate in communion here in a few minutes. What elements? In, in Jesus' day, so you know, they were the elements of the day. And in case you don't know, and please come see me afterwards, or my email is raguiderupme.com, the elements of the day weren't this. This is juice. The elements of Jesus' day were bread and wine. It was not apple juice, and it was not grape juice. It was wine. It was real wine. And so often in our modern culture, we get so bent out of shape about, well, it has to be this, and it has to be that. Let me explain my journey. So it's not the elements for me that are important. It's the heartbeat behind them. I've done communion with a glass of milk and a cookie before. And I've done communion with a Pepsi and a Snickers bar. So if you have a Pepsi and a Snickers bar, go get it, because Pepsi is the real thing, not Coke, okay? But so often we get bent out of shape that it has to be this and it has to be that. And please hear my heart. I totally respect you if that's your background. But Jesus took the elements that were on the table of the day. And if your elements on your table today are milk and a cookie, please bring it to the communion table. If it's Pepsi and a Snickers, which I've done, it was some of the coolest communions in the world because I think Jesus snickered at me. (laughs) I went, Dad, I just want to pause for a moment and remember the freedom you've given me and this is all I have. And he said, Son, that will do bring them to me and pause for a moment. And as I prayed over the Pepsi, it became a really good thing. Now, as I prayed over it, I, I, I felt attentive, Lord. I, I don't have what I think I should need, but what I have, I gladly bring to your table. I don't mean to be disrespectful of your background of elements. Please hear my heart. But if you're watching today and that's all you have at home, I beg you, I beg you, go get a glass of milk and a cookie. Go grab a Pepsi and a Snickers bar. Cut the Snickers bar into pieces and lay them aside and in a moment pause with us and ask God to allow you to remember, remember what it was that he shed for you. And you go, Lord, I know it's milk, but Lord, my representation is you shed your blood for me. Lord, the breaking of a Snickers bar is you allowed your body to be broken for me. Lord, I want to honor you today with that. The Jesus, the Irish Jesus that I know will meet you in your moment of confession, in your moment of being with him. I want to ask Amy and Stephen just to lead us in a song as we prepare to pause in a moment to receive communion together. But here's what I'd like to ask you to do during Amy and Stephen, Stephen ministering to us. If there's something that you know today is in the way, I ask you to come and lay it at the altar and go back to your seat. You don't have to wait long stepping into the Lord. I know that if I come to communion table, I know there's something that's deluding me, distracting me, and destroying me. I'm going to lay it at your feet before we go any further as a believer. If you're not a believer today and you don't know Jesus, just say yes. 
Jesus, you died for my sins. And, and today I hear as a representation, a remembering of that, of that sacrifice you gave for my life. And today, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and Savior. And I ask you to change me at the center of my being and allow life to be brand new. Allow the 4th of July Independence Day to become a whole new day for me where I remember the freedom that you gave me and you brought into my life. And it happens just like that. Not a bunch of hoops to jump through. It's a confession. So just bow your head a second and just have a moment. But as Amy and Stephen are leading us in this, if you need to come and lay something down, would you come and use the altar and just lay it there and then go back to your seat? And when they're done, we'll have communion together. Thank you so much, guys.
If uh, you haven't seen The Chosen yet, you should watch it. If you want to skip it all, go to season two, week six. Annie, my sister-in-law, would you come join me a second? I'm going to ask Annie to pray over us here in a second as we get ready to receive the bread and all that Jesus has done for you and then the blood. In season six, I'm going to spoil it for you. Mary slips back into her old ways. Matthew and Peter go find her and they bring her back. And she's like, I, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I can't jump through the hoops. I can't check all the boxes. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Just, just go see him. Just go be in his presence. No, no, I can't, I can't. Please just trust us. Just go be in his presence. And she does. And as she steps close to him, he said, Mary, look up. No, I can't. I can't. I can't do this. He said, Mary, look up. Look up. And as she looks up, he says some profound words to her. He said, sweetheart, I never asked you to. I just want your heart. I never asked you to do anything. I just asked you to give me your heart. What's he asking for a day in this communion time? Manny, would you come up and grab Amy's mic? Why don't you uh, take your communion pieces or old school, your communion pieces. <laughs> your Snickers bar at home. Pepsi. Slide the top off. There's a wafer in there. It's just a wafer. And as a wafer represents absolutely nothing. Until this young lady pauses us for a second and makes it a representation of something. So I'm just going to ask you to hold it before the Lord. And whatever you need to say to him, you say to him. If you don't know him, say, yes, Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your grace. I receive your cleansing. I receive, Lord Jesus, your freedom. Lord, today I take it for the first time. Or if you're a believer, Lord, help today be fresh in my life as I think about the sacrifice that you paid so that so many, me being one of them, would experience freedom. Honey, would you pray for us, please? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the gift. Father, I just pray that we wouldn't allow pride or arrogance or shame to block us from receiving Yes, Jesus. and receive the wafer. Hey, sweetheart, would you join me a second, baby? Hottest, sexiest Filipino chick babe in the world. 
Ow! Yeah, I, I don't know if you can do that in communion, but I just really blew it. I love you. Can you crack it open, your Pepsi, that is? Or your juice. Or whatever it is that you have. And as Andrea prays over it for us, do me a favor. Would you ask Jesus to wash you afresh at the deepest of levels that he needs to do today? That as you and I step out of here, we would really be free. Not perfect, because in him we are. But that you would be freshly free today everything he's called you to be. Thank you, sweetheart. Lord, we come humble in heart and contrite in spirit for those religious words. <laughs> Lord, we come because we ask that you would wash us afresh by your blood and the sacrifice that you made or that you can wash us clean. And Lord, we thank you today for allowing us to have the freedom to stop and to remember what it is that you have done. We love you, Lord, in your name, Jesus. Amen. And receive. Can I ask you a personal question as we close this morning? Is your understanding, my understanding, of what Jesus has done for us, is it enough? Is it enough for you and I to invite a friend to simply come and see, to come and experience for themselves what Jesus has done for you and me? A lot of people are looking for answers in a lot of different places. And I say this respectfully, so please, please forgive me some grace. Is Jesus's freedom thing is not an American thing. It's a humanity thing. It's not an American thing. Though we get to experience it, it's actually a humanity thing. And my question would be, as you move into this week and as you go through this next season and our missions team that are here this week serving in our community is as you head back home to your place, wherever that place would be, whether it's three minutes or 30 minutes from here or hours from here, that when you, when you transition back home, watching online, when you transition back into your work and into relationships and all that stuff, is the experience that you've had with Jesus, your personal experience you've had with Jesus, is it enough? Is it enough to warrant a conversation with a friend to say, come and see what I've experienced in Jesus because I think it might transform and change your life. Do me a favor, would you stand with me this morning? If you need prayer for anything this morning as we finish out our Independence Day service, thank you so much for your sacrifice of time of coming and joining with us and being with us. Thank you for transitioning back into this season with us. We're, we're here to serve you. I, I love Jesus. He's the coolest cat I've ever met in my life. He's my best friend in the world, and he puts up with me along with Andrea, and he just helps me fall forward. I, honestly, I, I'm not a super spiritual person, but I believe in intimacy. I believe in intimacy with the Father and it's a friendship. And I encourage you this morning, if there's anything in the way and you didn't get a chance 
to have prayer. I'm going to ask you to take some minutes. We'll, we'll dismiss the service and you can go in a second. But, but if you need to take a moment, please, if God, is, if God is stirring your heart or there's a whisper going on in your spirit, please, for God's sake, don't leave. You're not a bad person because you have someone agree with you or, or stand with you or support you. That we bring people into our life to help us through the journey that we're on with Jesus. He does. So I encourage you this morning, give someone a chance. If you come for prayer, someone may come alongside you. Andrea's going to stay with me up here. I'm going to ask my brother-in-law and sister-in-law if they would join me in a minute. And we're just going to be, if you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you. Why? Because Jesus wants us to be free. And so many people experience and enjoy the freedom of Independence Day. And yet I think miss the bigger independence and the bigger freedom is wherever God could send you and might send you be willing to go. Freedom goes with you. And his name is Jesus. Lord, I thank you for who you are. You're the coolest, coolest friend I've ever had in my life. Thank you so much for seeing me when I didn't see myself and looking beyond the facade and the outside and all the hardness on the outside. You saw a tenderness inside and you came and you touched my life and you changed it on the inside. And today I just, I love pursuing a relationship with you because you pursue a relationship with me. Dad, today would you bless these incredible men and women. Lord, would you bless these families. Would you go ahead of them and allow us to experience communion in a whole fresh new way. Lord, we can stop anytime we want to with whatever we had, Lord Jesus, and bring it to a place of remembering you and you engage with us in that moment. I ask you to be with people. I ask you to guide us. I ask you to protect us. Protect our community. Protect our nation. Protect our world. Lord, I pray that you would come and allow your favor to rest upon your people in a supernatural way in this season that we move into. Help us to be lights to other people. Help us to be a conduit of invitation to others to experience the freedom that you bring at a whole new level. I ask you to bless us. I ask you to protect us. I ask you to go with us today, Daddy, in your precious, precious name and all God's people say. Amen. Play ball. Have a great day, guys. Love you so much. Thank you.